Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley. And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Pemberley Podcast. We're particularly excited for today's episode because we're talking about a movie. Uh, we're usually series people or book people because we can cover the chapters, but this is going to be its own standalone thing because we'll be discussing the Hulu movie Fire Island, which has been lauded as the gay rom-com Pride and Prejudice. This movie was written by the star of the film, Joel Kim Booster, who's a very funny stand-up comedian, and I suspect he's going to be shocked into mega stardom very soon because this was such a good movie. It was directed by Andrew Ahn and for a while it lived and died on Quibi. We first heard about this because it was going to be something on Quibi and, you know, a couple years later, here we here we are watching the rom-com film version of it. Yeah. Joel Kim Booster is also a writer on SNL. That's the connection where we see Bo and Yang also in this film, who is very funny as well. It's been a project that we've been tracking, actually, for some time now, so it's great that we finally get to see it. I mean, do we want to break down the characters and compare them to, like, who they are in Pride and Prejudice, who they are in this movie? For those of you who haven't seen it, just see it. I think we should just say the spoilers. Yes, we're this is all a spoiler the spoiler episode. <laughs> so if you have, you know, part of me is like, nothing is a spoiler because it's Pride and Prejudice. Right. So, like, everything works out exactly how you think. I would say this was a very clever adaptation. I mean, you watched it first. You texted me saying you need to watch this. I'm watching it now. I'm yes. laughing out loud. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched a movie that made me laugh out loud. There were some really, really funny lines in yes. this movie. And it was just so like quick with pop culture references, which I loved. So basically, our world of Pride and Prejudice takes place on Fire Island, which is an island south of Long Island. It became known as like a party spot for uh, people in the gay community, like for years in the 20th century. And there's like Fire Island, which is mostly gay men. And then there's the sort of like lesbian quarter called Cherry Grove. And basically this group of friends, which is our five Bennett sisters, meet once a year to spend a week on Fire Island living with their sort of adoptive mother played by Margaret Cho. When she announces that she has to sell the house because she's broke, because she was an early investor in Quibi. That was a funny joke. I thought that was a really great dig at Quibi. It was funny just on its own, but when you know that this started its life at Quibi, yes. it's even funnier yeah. and even like sharper. And so basically when the friends realize this is their last summer together before they all go, it's fairy sisterhood of the traveling pants in that way. <laughs> it's their last summer before they, you know, they can't come back to this world yeah. at Aaron's house, you know, doing their thing. And I mean, part of that is too, like they're all grown up too. Like they're all in different life stages. Like, they all live in different cities even at this point. So it's kind of been a big thing for them to come back together for this week, for this trip. And now it's like, as they're getting older, it's getting harder to do that. So Joel Kim Booster is Noah. He's our Elizabeth Bennett. And he's his best friend in the group is played by Bowen Yang, who's Howie, who's a very sweet, sensitive guy who does graphic design and has moved to San Francisco and... Let's face it, Noah's still a little bitter that he moved away yeah. and he doesn't see him as much. And they began in the trenches working at a brunch spot in Brooklyn and 
everyone was rude to them and racist to them in the same way. And that really bonded their experience. And it's tough because one thing that's sort of different about this Jane Austen or this Pride and Prejudice adaptation is that Noah's character has gotten shredded, lives at the gym, like has gotten a cool haircut. And Howie has just kind of stayed himself and he's never had a serious relationship and he's a romantic. He wants a boyfriend. And so Noah's character is like, you can't think like that. You got to stay one step ahead. Don't get too committed. You need to get laid. So he makes it his mission this week to get his best friend laid. And that kind of sets the table for our adventures moving forward. Yeah, he's like very set on this mission for Howie. And Howie's like, I am not a mission to be solved. I think you just need to do your own thing this week. And I'm just gonna be here and have fun like we always do. But you know, for some reason, Noah feels like he's super invested in this. And that's kind of what creates a bit of conflict too between these two best friends. Yes. So basically, when they go out, they meet this snooty group of rich people. I mean, I feel like Fire Island is, I mean, if you're going to an island to party, it tends to have a (laughs) well-to-do population. Yes. And, you know, they're all still making it in their careers, you know. And so they meet this group of guys. It's funny. Everyone sort of is, like, associated by a house. It almost feels like one big episode of The Bachelor. And this is where we meet our Caroline Bingley... Darcy group. I gotta say, everyone in this film was so well cast. Like, I got pretty immediately who everyone was. My favorite was Darcy. So, Conrad Ricamora is the actor who plays him, and he's so Darcy. He belongs in Darcy ranks from this point on. Like, Matthew McFadden, Colin Firth, Conrad Ricamora, like, belongs in those ranks, because he was so cute. He really brings home how awkward Darcy is and how good of a guy he has to be to the people in his life to sort of prove himself as a good guy. I think it's interesting because we do see all the beats of Pride and Prejudice play out in this movie in their own way, like in this world. So we do see what you could call like the first ball where like everyone meets And we see Noah overhearing a conversation between Will and Charlie, where Will is like, I don't think that guy is good. Like, he's not hot enough to be, like, as arrogant as he is. And Noah overhears that, and he's like, great, another stuck-up guy. And the thing is that Howie has started to form a bit of a bond with Charlie. They have this really funny, cute meet-cute, and, you know, they get along, and... We find out that Charlie is a doctor, and so everyone freaks out. They're like, oh my gosh, he's a doctor. We want to see them progress in their relationship, but Noah's like, no, you're not here for a relationship. You're here to find a random fling. That's the goal of this week. But Howie's like, no, that's your goal. That's not my goal. Honestly, what I thought was so brilliant about this script is that I feel like all of the society, social standing, interpersonal relationships were really brought to a new level Mm -hmm. in this adaptation. Because, you know, we acknowledge things like every guy on this island is shredded, not a shirt to be found. (laughs) Like, I mean, we see that transition in real time when the guys are in the boat heading over 
And, like, everyone starts to take off their shirts as they're about to dock, you know? So. Yeah. No, and it's, like, it's made clear that a lot of guys on this island are just looking to hook up with each other. Yeah. And how Bowen Yang is, like, I'm not going to change myself to fit in or to, like, find what I really, really want. You know, we see those conversations where he's, like, it's hard for me to, like, find love in this community because everyone, like, is taking their shirts off and, like, like lives at the gym. Like, it's right. hard. And we really acknowledge, like, how they're standing, like, like what they really think of each other you know like they make a lot of assumptions about the other group that has money the wealthy people make a lot of assumptions about the trashy bennett sisters right i mean that's the thing is when they show up to the party they're like who are you like what's going on i think one of the guys in the house like asks noah like three different times like who are you again and they're like you're just being rude at that point like you know who this is yeah yeah and noah's character is very outspoken i feel like almost a little bit more than what i would think of as lizzie bennett's character yeah but i really like that but no you do hit all of those beats and you do see how everything plays out and I feel like the Wickham scandal, I mean, that must have been the hardest thing of all, because it's like, what could possibly be scandalous? Right. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're only following a week. This is like a really like truncated period of time. Yeah. I think the way they kind of get around that too is like they say, you know, time works differently here. It always feels longer. (laughs) So that's why like Howie and Charlie's relationship feels like it's progressed so quickly and you know, I think it's it just feels like a week of summer camp, you know? Like, time does work differently. Yeah. And what is only a day, like, so much can happen in a yeah. day, so. Yeah, but I mean, it's pretty true to the book. I mean, Will is Fitzwilliam. Charlie is Charles Bingley. Aaron is Mrs. Bennet. Cooper is Caroline Bingley and Lady Catherine's character. Yeah. So, like, it's definitely this thing where Howie and Charlie really like each other. So the houses are just kind of making it work because, like, they want it to. Our Wickham character is this, like, hot... I mean, everyone's hot. But just, like, <laughs> this, like, particularly hot, smooth guy named Dex who says that he has beef with Will's character because Dex has an OnlyFans and he's like, he just looks down on it. He thinks what I do is porn. He thinks what I do is really trashy. Like, I'm just trying to make a living here. And Noah's character is like, I know exactly how you feel. Like, I don't judge you. Live your life. Right. And I mean, from like the little that he knows about Will, he's like, he does seem like the guy who would judge you or judge everyone. So um, he's like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, we both hate Will. (laughs) Yeah, screw Will. He's the worst. But- I really in particular love the way that Noah and Will form their like attachment to each other. Yeah. I feel like the first thing that really breaks the ice is that the the Bennett clan has to make a dinner party for the rich people and Will is like wait, who's reading my favorite book? Like, I didn't think yeah. anyone on this island read. Everyone was talking <laughs> like is a 13-year-old. Like, okay. Like, and it's, read. And it's Noah. And so they bond over the share love of, of this author. And it's really cute. And then as they get to know each other, they have like a really sweet reading and talking on the beach day. Yeah. Which was my favorite. I was like, they're just reading their books on the beach and getting to know each other. <laughs> There's still a letter, which I feel like wasn't what the letter was in the in yeah. the book because 
he kind of gave us answers, but he kind of didn't. Well, I guess the thing why there's a letter even is that Noah's phone falls into the pool. He has no way of like texting anyone, calling anyone. So that's where the letter comes into play. And I thought it was clever how they still maintained the letter of the book into, you know, a modern version in this movie. Well, it was genius because him not having his phone played into several scenes in the movie. Like, he didn't hear about this because he didn't have a phone. He didn't, couldn't tell someone right away about something because he didn't have a phone. The sort of, like, first proposal of the book happens when Will knows they're they're all at an underwear party. And (laughs) it's just, like, going between parties on Fire Island. And so Will knows where the rest of Noah's friends have gone. He takes him there through this really scary trail that is real like i read about oh, it really? like it's a, a sort of remote trail that connects the two oh. parts of the island i mean it's not scary but it just feels remote people but the, it also happens in the rain so it's in the rain and so this is where will sort of tries to kiss noah for the first time and he's like what no dude i don't like you i don't yeah. like how how could you and he's sort of like you dex can't be trusted like all it's not my story to tell but basically dex really screwed over a friend of mine and what we do end up seeing is the scandal is that even though there's a flirtation between Noah and Dex, he ends up hooking up with our Lydia Bennett, who is his friend Luke. And he films him while having sex without his consent and then sends it everywhere. Or he posts it. Posts it, releases it everywhere. He's also got a really terrible Instagram account where he tries to make it seem like he really supports social causes, but it's like really promoting himself and his body and it's really gross. And so it's really great because Will is a lawyer, obviously, who lives in the <laughs> Hollywood Hills. And so he and Noah confront Dex together and are like, take this post down. Otherwise, you're going to have to register as a sex offender. We're going to press charges. We're going to go against the highest extent of the law. What you did is completely unethical. And so he takes it down and then he throws his phone in the pool <laughs> and it's some poetic justice. And then we really start to love Will because it's like, no, he's not a fancy celebrity lawyer he does tenement cases mostly and he he, yeah. tr- he does like raw people like poor people who are getting sued or getting screwed or over eviction by the law. or evictions anything. yeah, yeah. So he's i mean like a good this guy. is this is where we see like part of noah's judgment he kind of prejudged will even of like oh he's just some fancy lawyer this is what he does but actually he's like oh, you, like, help people. You're, like, a good person. And so, again, like, prejudices of each other are starting to, like, turn and they see each other for who they really are, which they're like, oh, I like who you really are. (laughs) I like you a lot. No, it's, it's, I really just, I love this movie so much. I think it's, like, the rom-com of the summer. Everybody should go and watch it. Um, I will say, I know that they included this in the trailer, but the scene where they are trying to, like, do the heads up, and they're trying to guess, like, Marissa Tomei and other actors, like, so funny. It was just really, really great. I was right there with Luke and Keegan as they were doing impressions of Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny. Yes. I was doing those impressions right (laughs) along with them, being like, my biological clock is ticking like this, and then Darcy just doesn't no, I know. Like, well, like he just says the first actress that he yes. remembers, and it's just so perfect. Everyone's yeah. so perfect. I do love the way Howie's story wraps up because he is like, you know what? 
I'm done with this island because Charlie has also there's a whole thing with Charlie's ex coming back to the island and like like he chooses his ex over well, they like they bring in his ex to like distract yeah. him from Howie yeah because they're like no way is he actually going to go out with Howie which like hurts Howie's feelings because he's like wait I thought there could have been something between us and then he sees Charlie hooking up with someone else and he's like you know what I'm done with this island my week's over like whatever he goes off he's on the boat Charlie comes after him they like steal a boat and they go after him they meet him on the other side the scene is so funny because they're like do a grand gesture he's like I love you. And they're like, two grand, two grand. Two grand, two grand. It's, it's literally been less than a week. It's been like yeah. five days yes. and they were only hanging out for like three of those yes. five days. Even Howie's like, uh. It's too much. It's I don't, too much. I don't love you, but I do like you very much. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the end goal of this movie is like, they're like, yeah, I like you too. And like, we'll see what happens. And that's even the end goal of like Noah and Will. It's not like Pride and Prejudice where we're ending this in a proposal. We're ending this in marriage. It's more just like a, hey. I like you. Yeah. You like me. Let's see where this goes. And it's still a fun, happy ending. It is. Like, I love the Noah and Will ending because they're sitting on the dock and Noah's like, just so you know, I don't think I believe in monogamy. I don't think it's possible. I, I have these issues. I have those issues, whatever. And Will is just like, just dance with me. Like, yeah. let's just start there. And I, I just thought it was so sweet and so patient the way he's like, I like you and I'm not going to, we're not going to rush anything. Don't make any assumptions about what we are, what I am. Like, dance with me. Like, I'm just like, stop it. You're so romantic and good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I think as two people who know quite a lot about Jane Austen adaptations, yeah. we've both read, watched, and listened to a bunch of different iterations. Mm-hmm, like, this mm-hmm. was a really great one. This was, it's one of my favorites, I think. Yes. You know, in the same way that I think that the Lizzie Bennet Diaries will always be my favorite web series, mm. I think this is always going to be one of my favorite rom-coms. Yes. The one thing I wish was, like, if this had been in theaters, I feel like watching with a whole crowd of people would have been so fun. Yeah. Because there were moments when I was watching alone where I was, like, screaming or, like, laughing or everything. I think yeah. that would have been fun in a theater setting. But, you know, still streaming. It has a platform. It, you know, will find its audience. And so, as we've said, check it out. It's a really great, fun movie. So next up for us, we're going to take a couple weeks hiatus, a little break again. But once we're back, we're going to dive into The Emma Project by Sonali Dave, who is out with her final book in the Rajay family series, which covers, obviously, Emma, an adaptation and retelling of Jane Austen's Emma. Really excited to dive into that. I mean, there's been so many fun things going on with Sonali recently, too, not just with this new book. She also is going to have a new book coming out under Mindy Kaling's book studio, which also has like a first look deal with Amazon, which is really cool. So maybe we'll see Sonali's books getting made into movies, too, and we'll talk about those soon. Forever. That's just That's just what we do. Yes. That's how we roll. Really excited to dive into those. It's also going to be kind of bittersweet because this is the last book in the series. Yeah. This is one of my favorite book series. Feel free to support your local independent bookstore, go to a library. So check out The Emma Project by Sonali Dave because we'll be discussing it very soon. In the meantime, keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley. And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.